Welcome to Bouncing Forward. I'm Amy Purdy. I believe that our challenges give us the opportunity to live an even greater life with more meaning and purpose. Through my own experience of losing my legs at 19 years old and going on to become a professional athlete, New York Times bestselling author, and world-renowned motivational speaker, I've learned that overcoming our obstacles has nothing to do with bouncing back. It has everything to do with bouncing forward. That's why on this podcast, I'm sharing stories of resilience, setbacks, and remarkable comebacks. Your journey to bouncing forward starts here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Amy Purdy's brilliant podcast, Bouncing Forward. My name's Hassan Khan, and it's a real honor and privilege to be filling in for Amy for this week's episode. Amy's taking a little bit of a break because of a tough week in hospital, but she'll be back very soon with more of her inspirational wisdom and some more special guests. Now, just as a little bit of background, Amy is one of the most extraordinary people that I've had the privilege of coming across in my life. We only recently met through my dear friend and old business school professor, my favorite professor, Amy Cuddy, who is one of Amy Purdy's closest friends. And Amy's just such an incredible role model and inspiration. I learn so much every time I hear her speak. So I'm really excited to be here with you on her podcast, to tell a few stories and to talk about a few interesting things. Now, you can probably tell by my accent that I was born and raised in Australia, but I'm now based out of London. And the work that I do is related to some of the things that we're going to explore in this episode. Now, I have a human potential company. And I look to explore the bounds of human performance and provide evidence-based solutions to help people be better versions of themselves across a range of areas. And it's quite interesting for me to think about bouncing forward through the lens of what I do. And I want to start off by talking about what bouncing forward actually means to me. What do I think of when I think of bouncing forward? Everywhere we look and everywhere we turn at the moment, People seem to be talking about resilience, right? It's a big buzzword right now. You'll find the word in newspapers and magazines. You see it on social media posts. You'll even see it when you step off the plane at Heathrow Airport. (laughs) I was seeing a picture from one of my friends a few months ago who was flying, and there was an ad board in the airport with the big word resilience plastered on it. It kind of sums up the mood right now. And it's understandable. We've collectively gone through a lot over the last little while, and this pandemic has really thrown us all for a loop. It's been a real challenge, and people are clinging on to this idea of resilience as the thing that's needed to get us through, and we need to be resilient to get us through this time of uncertainty. And I want to talk about what this means and what this looks like in a little more detail. Now, for me, when I think about my life, and how I've dealt with challenges and adversity, I think about it in a very distinct way. In my life, I've failed more than I've succeeded, both personally and professionally, over and over and over again. I've struggled and failed on the sporting field, in the classroom, in the workplace, with relationships, and it's hurt. There are times when I've been filled with self-doubt and fear. Whenever we care about something, or we think something is important, if we fail at that thing, it really hurts, right? But the way I view failure, and it's taken me a long time to really embody and live this and believe it, 
is that failure can be your greatest teacher. It can be your biggest driver. It can be the biggest blessing in your life. And the reason is because it allows you to learn and grow. It allows you to get better. Now, that can be a tough thing to feel and acknowledge in the moment when something has gone wrong or you're facing a really tough time. But it's a really important perspective to have. I remember coming over to England from Australia about a decade or so ago after having completed my undergrad education with nothing more than a suitcase of clothes and my cricket kit. I came over here initially playing cricket as an overseas professional, and I had planned to start working after I had got through my first season. Now, I know cricket isn't big in America, and I get made fun of a lot by my American friends for actually playing cricket or still playing cricket, (laughs) but I promise you it's hugely popular in other parts of the world, and it's actually a lot of fun. So I had no experience when I came over, but I was ready to take on the world and show everyone what I could do in London as a cricketer, And then when I started working, this kid from a small town in Australia, I was really going to light things up. But it didn't happen like that. I struggled badly on both fronts. Everyone was expecting great things from me on the cricket field, right? You come with big reputation and a big expectation as an overseas player. And there's a lot of pressure on you to perform. But I did horribly, right? Horribly. I didn't perform well at all. And it really aided me. I started telling myself that I wasn't very good, not good enough to be a proper overseas player, that I shouldn't have put myself in this position. What was I thinking? I retreated into myself. I built the pressure up even more. And as a result, I struggled even more. And then I couldn't find work after that season had finished. I had come to England with bluster and my chest puffed out thinking I was pretty good at everything and that everything would fall into place for me. Everything would work out. But it didn't. I failed on the field and then I couldn't find work. It was post-recession at the time, right? The job market was very different for somebody with no experience. I had a law degree, but you couldn't get anything without experience. And then everyone back home was watching me. They were asking what I was doing, asking for updates all the time. My parents were telling me to come home. It was a really difficult period for me. A lesson in hubris as well. I couldn't face anybody. And I thought about quitting numerous times. I thought about leaving and going home because it would just be easier. But I would do it with my tail between my legs. And I managed to not give up. I didn't give up. I stuck it out. And it was really challenging, right? really challenging. But eventually I found my footing. I scrounged, I hustled, I sent out applications to everyone. And I got a job as a management consultant. I found a place to live. I started to make things happen. The next cricket season came around and I did much better. Things then started to fall into place. Now that period, Although it was really, really difficult for me, it was one of the most important periods of my life. And I I tell this story a lot. I say this to a lot of people. One of the most important periods of my life where I had to dig deep. I had to be inventive. I had to be resourceful. I had to find my own way and make things happen. I, I learned so much about myself during that period of my life. 
things that sharpened me for all of the things that I would encounter and experience in the future. It was tough in the moment, really hard. But if I hadn't gone through that tough time, I wouldn't have known that I had the strength to get through it. And I wouldn't be as strong to deal with other challenges when they came up. I had a real belief in myself because of what I had gone through. And the way I view all of this, back to what I was saying earlier, adversity can be your greatest teacher. Right? The only way to not benefit from failure or adversity is to not learn from it. And I don't mean to be flippant about this. Right? Many people do experience extreme hardship and difficulty in life that I would never want to invite or encourage. But what I'm talking about is what happens to us when we encounter these difficulties and how they shape us to be better in the future. Now, most people view and look at success and imagine that it's a linear progression, that it's just a straight line to the top, that we keep getting better and better and we keep building on positive experience after positive experience, growing taller and growing stronger. But here's what's interesting. Success isn't linear. It's not a straight line. It comes from the ability to get back up when you've been knocked down or to come back fighting stronger after a loss. Now, there's a lot of research out there that tells us that the people who are able to thrive in this world, they have a special talent for converting life setbacks into future successes. And if I could teach one thing to the children and kids growing up today about success and achievement, it would be that success isn't a function of how smooth our ride is or how few setbacks we face. Success comes from how we get back up after a challenge, how we learn and grow from our setbacks and adversity. That's what bouncing forward means to me. Right? It means that when we go through a tough time, like maybe what we're all experiencing right now, we don't bounce back. We have a mindset that allows us to learn from that moment. And if we do this, if we learn from a situation that went wrong or that was bad, we'll be in a stronger position to take on the next challenge or obstacle that gets in our way. So we don't bounce back. We bounce forward into better people, into a better world for ourselves, where we're more able and more equipped to take advantage of what life throws at us. And this is why resilience is so important. Because you have to have the strength to keep going when things are tough, to really learn from those experiences. Resilient people are the ones who perceive a challenge as an opportunity to learn and evolve, rather than just an obstacle to overcome. And I'll talk about this a little bit when I get into some tips on how to build resilience. But these people, they respond constructively, and their behavior shows persistence rather than defeat. And this ultimately is how we achieve, by persisting and being resilient when faced with difficulty and adversity. Now, it might seem a little tough to grasp right now if you're going through a really difficult situation, but I promise you, if you're able to channel yourself in the right way during difficult times, you'll come out on the other side of it with a renewed sense of purpose and the tools to push yourself to even greater heights. Now, there's a story about Jim Marshall that I love, a former NFL football player, and it's one of my favorite stories of all time. Now, Marshall was a star player for the Minnesota Vikings, 
but he did something one game that could easily have ended his career. In one of his televised games, Marshall spotted the football on the ground. It was a free ball, so he scooped it up and he ran for a touchdown as the crowd went wild, cheering deliriously. But what is so incredible about this story is that Marshall was running the wrong way. He scored for the wrong team. And not only that, he did it on national television in front of millions of people. Can you imagine how embarrassing that was? Look it up on YouTube after you finish listening to this episode. It's unbelievable. And Marshall said it was the most devastating moment of his life. And he thought to himself, how could I have done something so monumentally stupid? He was a laughingstock. And he said the shame he felt was unlike anything else he'd ever experienced. It was overwhelming and overpowering. And the Marshall could have reacted in a couple of ways to this. But during halftime, he said to himself, he said, okay, I've made a mistake. Now I've got to make it right. He realized that he had a choice. He could sit and wallow in his misery, or he could do something about it. So he pulled himself together for the second half, and he played phenomenally and contributed to his team's victory. They won. He turned it around in the next half. And he didn't stop there. He spoke to groups after the game. He answered letters that poured in from people who felt like they had finally had the courage to admit their own shameful experiences. Instead of letting the experience define him, he took control of it. He learned from it. He said that he sharpened his concentration during games because of that incident. He used it to become a better player and he believes a better person. That's being resilient in the face of adversity. And that is bouncing forward. Summed up right there. Now this is another reason why I love Amy's podcast so much. Because she provides us with insights and lessons that show us how we can do the same. How we can learn from our difficult moments and rise above them. Now I remember when I was younger playing cricket. It was always somebody else's fault when my team didn't win or when I didn't do so well when I got out. It was the umpire, or it was my teammate who should have done this or should have done that. It was always somebody else's fault. And when I worked as a consultant, if a project didn't get renewed, I'd blame somebody or something else. Now I want to ask you, do you ever do this? Do you ever look for scapegoats, passing the buck or blame on somebody else when things don't go well, when you failed or when things are tough? You see, what happens when you blame something or somebody else is that you're not honest about where and what you need to improve and you don't take the steps needed to get better or to turn it around. You lose that opportunity. You lose the opportunity to bounce forward. I also did that when I first came to England. I blamed the poor job environment. It wasn't my fault that I couldn't find a job. It was that the situation was so dire. Think about this pandemic situation right now. Are you assigning blame and making excuses? One of the reasons we do this is because we try to repair our self-esteem after failure. So of course we're struggling right now. There's a global pandemic and the whole world has shut down. People aren't doing business the same way that they used to, etc., etc., etc. And yes, it's a tough time, right? 
But blaming external factors isn't going to change your circumstances. It isn't going to get you out of your situation. Now, with the right mindset, a challenge can also be an opportunity. With the right mindset, you'd be thinking that this time right now is a huge opportunity. This whole world is online. What can I learn? What can I do differently? How can I pivot? Now, it might be difficult, but you'd be thinking how you can bounce forward. That's what resilient people do. Now, I really want you to think about this. Now, I'm reminded of a story about John Irving as well when I talk about resilience. And John Irving is is one of my favorite authors. He's incredible. He's been hailed as one of the great storytellers of modern literature. He's written almost 20 novels, most of which have been bestsellers, and loads of them have been made into Hollywood movies. He's one of the most prolific writers in the world. If anybody has read The World According to Gar, it's one of the funniest books ever, and it was a movie with Robin Williams. It's hilarious. It also won the National Book Award. His screenplay for The Cider House Rules won an Academy Award, won an Oscar. He's amazing. And he really is a writer who has touched greatness. But the interesting thing about Irving is that he was anything but a natural. He's the living embodiment of perseverance and resilience. John Irving rewrites draft after draft of his novels. And he has said that early on in his career, in his writing days, he took his lack of talent very, very seriously. Irving got a C- minus in high school English. His SAT verbal score was, I think, just over 400 out of 800, which means that almost two-thirds of the students who took the SATs did better than him. He even needed to stay in high school an extra year just to have enough credits to graduate. His teachers thought he was both lazy and stupid, that he wouldn't amount to anything. So Irving struggled. And since reading and writing didn't come easily or naturally to him, he learned that to do anything really well, you have to overextend yourself and you have to keep going. In his case, he learned that he just had to pay twice as much attention, put in twice as much effort, He said that he came to appreciate that in doing something over and over and over again, something that was never natural became almost second nature. He learned that we all have the capacity for that and that it doesn't come overnight. It comes when you see your setbacks as a chance to get better and improve. It comes when you're resilient. Now, I have a question. And I want you to really, really think hard about this and relate it back to some of your challenges, some of the challenges that you've experienced in your life. Do the people who give up ever learn this lesson? Right, it was so hard for John Irving. He had to do things twice as much. It was twice as difficult. Why didn't he give up? Well, he didn't give up because he knew he could do better. He wanted to be better. His circumstances pushed him to grow And look what he was able to achieve. Now, here's another question for you. Do the really talented ones learn that lesson? Learn this lesson? Do the people who never fail, whoever they are, if they even exist, learn this lesson? Do they discover the capacity to do something over and over again? To struggle, to have patience, to be resilient? Probably not. 
Some might, but those who struggle early, they learn it better. They may learn it better. And Irving has said that one reason he has confidence in writing the kinds of novels he writes is because he has confidence in his stamina to go over something again and again, no matter how difficult it is. He has confidence in his resilience because he's done it hundreds of times. With daily effort, Irving became one of the most masterful and prolific writers in history. And that's what I'm trying to get across here. Adversity, struggle, failure, that's what allows you to learn and grow. When we fall, when we're knocked down, we can learn from that experience and turn that heartbreak or that difficulty into something really special, into a future success. It doesn't define you, right? It isn't static. It isn't a given. It's a problem to be faced. It's a problem to be dealt with and learned from. And that's the opportunity when you go through something difficult. That's the opportunity we have when things are tough. And John Irving took that opportunity. And that's resilience to me. Do you see resilience the same way? Have a think about that. How are you bouncing back from setbacks? Or are you bouncing forward because you're converting a setback into an opportunity? Are you taking those opportunities? Now, I've spent years studying this stuff. What separates high performers? And I promise you, and, and I said this earlier, but if you're able to channel yourself in the right way during difficult times and moments, you'll do what John Irving did, right? In your own way. You'll come out on the other side of it with a renewed sense of purpose and the tools to push yourself to even greater heights. So how can you do it, right? How can you build resilience? How can you encourage the right behaviors that will allow you to influence your daily life for the better? Well, let me give you a couple of tips. The first thing you can do is develop a positive mindset, a mindset that fosters success. A positive and growth mindset is based on the belief that we can cultivate and shape our environment through our efforts, just like what John Irving did. It's based on a belief that things aren't carved in stone, that we can change, we can respond to difficulty, we can flourish through application and by having perspective. It's a belief that circumstances can be reshaped and remade. And this is the mindset that allows people to thrive during some of the most challenging times in their lives, during times when they failed or when things were tough. This is the mindset that drives resilience. So how do you get it? How do you get this mindset? Well, first, you've got to learn to hear your negative thoughts, your inner saboteur and your inner critic. This is the voice that undermines so much of what we do, the inner critic that judges us and our work telling us that we're not good enough, that others are better, or that we'll never amount to anything. How many times have you heard that voice in the back of your head? How many times have you listened to it? When approaching a new challenge, this voice might tell you, are you sure that you can do this? What if you fail? You'll be a failure. After hitting an obstacle, the critic might say that if only you had talent, It would have been so easy if you had talent. Or I told you that this was too risky. Why did you even try? In the face of criticism, this voice might tell you that it's not my fault. 
It was something or somebody else's fault. Or who do those people think they are blaming me? Everybody hears this voice at some stage. I question whether I was good enough when I first came to England. But once you know what to look for, you can anticipate this voice, the voice of the inner critic, in advance. You can deal with that voice. And then you can reframe the conversation. You can reframe the critical negative thoughts into positive ones. You can speak to yourself in a positive way and in a positive voice. You tell yourself that, I'm not sure if I can do this now, but I think I can learn to do it with time and effort. Or I'm going to make sure I give it my best because this is a unique opportunity. You tell yourself that the most successful people had failures along the way. Right, as you hit a setback, you tell yourself that it's not about things being easier if you have talent. That's wrong, right? Writing wasn't easy for John Irving. Basketball wasn't easy for Michael Jordan. Science wasn't easy for Einstein. Those people had a passion and they put in tons of effort. You tell yourself that by taking responsibility, you can fix things. Now, those are some positive mindset reframes. I sometimes find it helpful to write out these conversation dialogues in my journal. Now, there's something about writing things down that makes it easier for me to connect with those inner voices. Now, plus, it provides a record of the conversation. You can then later review those dialogues and identify common patterns, some of the things that you say to yourself often. But this is how you develop a positive mindset. You reframe the conversation. The next tip is to identify and leverage your strengths. Now, it might sound strange, but a lot of people don't know what their strengths are. They don't know what they're good at. Something that you're good at comes easily to you, which is why you often take it for granted and don't recognize it as a major strength. And when times are tough, it's easy to lose hope and optimism. And that's why we need our strengths, especially when life gets tough. We need to know what to lean on, what to rely on to push us through. Knowing your strengths will help bring you a greater sense of motivation, a clearer sense of direction. You'll have more confidence. You'll be more productive. There'll be less chance of you giving up on your goals. And this was something that I just took for granted. I'd never really thought about what my strengths were when I was going through my tough times. And there are a number of exercises that you can do to find this stuff out. Maybe you can ask some friends and family members for honest feedback. Maybe you could think about when you seem most engaged and energized. Now, this is a process that can help identify some of your strengths and the things that you're good at. And again, maybe write some of these down somewhere or keep some notes in your pockets when you are going through difficult experiences to remind you of those things that you're good at. Strengths are things that serve us well in times of darkness as well as times of light. And to be more resilient, it's time we start knowing them and valuing them. Right, I can't stress enough how important this is and how helpful it will be. Now, the next step is to see obstacles as challenges and not hindrances. Now, there's research out there that tells us that people who view problems with curiosity are more likely to solve their problems and issues and move forward rather than be defeated by the issue or the difficulty that they're experiencing. And why is this the case? Why do you think this happens? Well, it's because when these people are confronted with problems or hardships or failures or setbacks, they think of themselves as a victim, right? They think that everyone's out to get them 
They deny, they cover up, they make excuses. I spoke about this a little bit earlier, of me wanting to blame everybody else. Have you ever done this? I'm sure you have. I'm sure we've all done it many, many times. I remember being criticized by my boss once, and I got angry. I denied what he was saying and all of his feedback. I made an excuse. I even complained about my boss to some of my colleagues. This type of perspective and mindset is a really negative way to view things. It sets the tone for failure. It sets you up for failure. And when challenges then come up, they stop you. They break you rather than propel you forward. Now, there's a great quote that I've always loved that says, challenges are what make life interesting. Overcoming them is what makes life meaningful. And I think this sums this up quite beautifully. People who see obstacles as an opportunity for growth are able to view difficult events as chances for them to improve and get better. And when you think like this, you view your problems as things that have happened for you rather than to you. Just think about that for a second. Things that have happened for you rather than to you. Now, this is incredibly powerful, and it's such an important distinction. It's happened for me. It was a gift so that I could learn and get better. Now, there are a lot of people that view their challenges as the very thing that give their lives meaning, that gave their lives meaning. And that is what gives them the passion to persevere. This type of mentality encourages growth, which creates a positive feedback cycle and boosts resilience. A person with this type of perspective, when they get criticized by their boss, they're not threatened by the feedback. They may ask for further feedback on how to improve. They'll look to understand where the criticism is coming from. They might even solicit feedback from other people. They'll see it as a chance to get better, not as an attack. Now, which one of these people are you? Honestly, which one of these people are you? And who do you want to be? I promise you, again, this shift will make a big difference for you. So to recap, see obstacles as opportunities, not hindrances. Now, the next tip is to focus on progress and not goals. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, research tells us that when we monitor goal progress, we're more likely to ensure that our goals are translated into action. When we acknowledge our progress, no matter how small this progress may be, we send sparks of dopamine to our brain, which makes us feel good, which rewards us for our actions. And this encourages us to take more action. And so when setbacks arise, we're much more likely to move past them. We're in a much better frame of mind. Our sense of resilience thrives on progress. So if you're trying to achieve something, don't look at how far away you are from achieving your goal. Remind yourself of the progress you've made, the advancements you've made, right? what successes you've had, how you've embraced challenges along the way, all of the things that you've been able to do. That's what allows you to keep going and be resilient. It's natural, though, that we struggle with this. I've struggled with this. I'm writing a book at the moment, and my goal is obviously to finish this book. But every time I think about this big goal, I get a bit disheartened and deflated because I'm still so far away from finishing it, from achieving my goal. And I see so many people around me having their book releases 
and finishing their own books. And I'm so far away. And there have been times when I've stopped writing for a period because I've been deflated. But when I focus on the progress I'm making, on collecting some research, finishing it up, or finishing a section, the feeling is very different. And it spurs me on. It drives me to keep going. And again, this is another very important shift when it comes to being resilient. Now, the next tip is to ask for a helping hand. Now, there have been so many times in my career when I've wanted to pack it in, when I wanted to give up and do something easier, like when I almost gave up and left England. But during these moments, there was always someone who, in one way or another, told me to keep going. And I think everyone needs somebody like that. I want to encourage you right, to, to not ever be afraid to reach out to other people for help because they'll be able to help you. People want to help you. And this is another key part in moving forward and being resilient. I think it's very, very important. So in summary, resilient people are the ones who have a positive mindset. They perceive a challenge as an opportunity to learn and evolve rather than just an obstacle to overcome. They respond constructively and their behavior shows persistence rather than defeat. Persistent people know their strengths. They focus on progress, not goals. And they're not afraid to lean on somebody for help or ask for a helping hand. How are you responding to your challenges right now? Are you using them as opportunities to learn, to do something great? I really hope so. So that's it for this episode. I hope you've got something useful out of this and it can maybe help you reframe some of your thinking and help to strengthen your resilience. And I hope that you've enjoyed listening as much as I've enjoyed standing in for Amy. And don't worry though, Amy will be back very soon and we wish her a speedy recovery as she gets over the difficulty of the last few weeks. It's a good thing that she's got resilience in spades. And I know that when she does come back and return, she'll be bouncing forward. Now, my name's Hassan Khan, and if you've enjoyed this and want to get in touch, come and say hi on Instagram, at Haskan. That's H-A-S-S-K-H-A-N. I'd love to connect with all of you. I hope to see you guys again very soon. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to Bouncing Forward. My mission is to show that no matter what our circumstances, if you want something bad enough and if you feel it in your heart and your soul, that the possibilities of what we can achieve are endless. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss an episode and please leave a review to help me help more people bounce forward. I want to leave you with this one question. If your life was a book and you were the author, how would you want your story to go? From this podcast, I hope you walk away seeing that although we can't control the things that happen to us, we can always control the way we react to them. We determine where our story goes from here. It's not about bouncing back to who we once were. It's about bouncing forward and becoming all that we could be.